Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, July 4th, 2020, Dars Highlights, major themes, bringing foreign ideas into the tariqah and service to the Sheikh. The first theme concerns the Sheikh's comments regarding a faqir whom he does not mention by name in the Dars, who was part of a group, a jama'ah, that he does mention by name, namely Al-Adl wal-Ihsan. And for context, Al-Adl wal-Ihsan is a Moroccan group that became an offshoot of the Sufi order in Morocco, the Qadriya Boutishiyah Sufi order. And Al-Adl wal-Ihsan became politically active and was held with suspicion by Moroccan political authorities. The Sheikh comments, We find it difficult to guide fuqara who come from previous groups or from previous zawiyas, or have previous discourses in mind that they then introduce into the Sufi order that we're in, into the Karkariya. In Morocco, we have many groups, including Al-Adl wal-Ihsan, whose founder has passed away. And there are many fuqara in our order who came from Al-Adl wal-Ihsan, but they bring an illness into our tariqah. One of these illnesses is displayed by the fact that they consider the founder of Al-Adl wal-Ihsan had a dream that in 2007 there would be a great spiritual opening in Morocco. The problem is that these fuqara who come from Al-Adl wal-Ihsan to the Karkariya consider this to be a proof for the validity of the tariqah and of the sheikh, whereas the proof is Nurullah. The founder of Al-Adl wal-Ihsan in 2005 proclaimed that in 2007 there would be a great spiritual opening and the Sheikh became a Sheikh in 2007. The Sheikh himself has passed away. He's with God's mercy. But you are walking dead. We say that the dream that the Sheikh had was a veridic or a true vision from his Lord. And if he affirms it, then he will be rewarded for his affirmation of his dream. But the dream doesn't prove or validate the tariqah. Display, I bring down Nurullah, and you tell me that that dream is a validation of the tariqah. You're comparing the descent of Nurullah to the dream of a previous sheikh. The problem is that you trust a man who's passed away, a man who's a site of manifestation of a trace of a divine name. I work with you for one to two years, and after all of this, you throw everything away by validating this tariqah through that man's dream. If you wish to validate this tariqah, just say, Allahu waliyu ladina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila nur God is the friend of those who believe. He brings them out from the darknesses into the light. I'm not judging this previous man, this founder of Al-Adl al-Ihsan. You will not hear me judge the honor of the living or of the dead. I need you to change how you think. I need you to change your thought patterns. Because your heart is full of veils of urf, namely common practice and veils of accumulated over time. If you want me to love this man who founded Al-Adl wal-Ihsan, then just show me what you've learnt from him. 
But don't come to this path and say that you've spent 30 years in a previous Zawiya. Because when you come to this path, I see you as an unborn child. Your eyes have not yet opened up. You're born into esoteric realities, into the haqaiq, upon the moment you see Nurullah. And in my eyes, the eldest among you does not surpass 11 or 12 years of age. The tariqah was founded in 2007, and most of the fuqara in that regard are 11 to 12 years old. The Prophet ﷺ said, accompany them or befriend them till 7 and strike them at 10. Most of you, I can still hit you. You're still at the age of being beaten. You may say, I'm 70 years old, but I can still call you my son and my daughter. Even though the Shaykh is not yet 50 years of age, he sees you as a newborn. I see you like my son Abdullah, that one that you laugh with and play with. You're both the same age. And in fact, it's easier for me to raise Abdullah because he accepts what I tell him than it is for me to raise you because you're hard to raise. You're a difficult child. You have to stop projecting your past onto the path of God. It's God's path. I can quote the words of God's folk, quote the words of the people of our tree, Ahlu Shazara, Ahlu Nisba, the people of initiatic affiliation with the Tariqa. Mainly, I quote Allah Ta'ala and the Messenger But sometimes I give you a broader, a wider example. I illustrate the divine words or the prophetic words by quoting someone like Ibn al-Farid or Ibn Ajiba. And I don't forbid you from reading the works of Ibn al-Farid or Ibn al-Ajiba. It's all springing from the same source. The Ahlus Sanad, the people of initiatic affiliation to the Tariqah, the righteous forefathers, as Salaf al-Salih, the companions, these are all the Prophet ﷺ in differentiation, in a state of farq. The Prophet ﷺ in farq is the Qur'an itself. So in a sense, quoting Ibn al-Farid, or the people of a Sanad, or previous companions and so on, you're quoting the Prophet indirectly, because it's all coming from the same source. The problem is if you read those sources, if you read an Ibn al-Farid, for instance, to confirm this tariqah, then there is no good in you, there's no khayr in you, because you're not accepting God's book. I say Allah says, and you tell me, my shaykh, so-and-so, previous shaykh, says, may God have mercy on him, he said X, Y, and Z. Perhaps you may have had previous suyukh that called you awliya, previous shaykh that calls you a saint. Why? Because you would rebel if he didn't do that. You enter upon him and he says, welcome, waliullah, saint of Allah, and yet you're a disaster in your family, in your environment, and you're still called a wali. That's not love. It's not true love to be called a wali upon entering upon a shaykh. You can't claim to have had a genuine loving relationship with a previous shaykh who calls you that. I wish one day I could remain silent 
and hear you tell me about love, al-hub, the ha corresponding to the hamalatul harsh, the carriers of the divine throne, and the ba corresponding to the inner secrets of the Quran, the hidden treasure, the kanziya, which descends through the lineage of the progeny of the Prophet Ahlul Bayt, and it flows through those who aren't Ahlul Bayt to follow, by following Ahlul Bayt. This hub is this flow of the dot among Ahlul Bayt. Other than this, I can't define love. I can't do it. I haven't found a definition for it. But if you tell me my Sheikh loved me, he would place me right by his side in the previous Zawiyah that I used to belong to. That's not love. Love is not to be placed near the Sheikh. It's to be filled in your spirit with secrets of your Lord. Not to fill your stomach with food. Not to have the keys of the previous Zawiyah in your hand. You have the keys to your home in your hand. Why do you give such importance to the keys of the Zawiyah? Why do you celebrate the fact that you think your Sheikh honored you and he treated you in a manner that without knowing he was trying to ensure that you keep following him? If you're part of a group that creates a group within a group, that creates a little country within the, Mo- the kingdom of Morocco, and you're told, here's a judge, this is a minister, and so on, then there's the lightning of fitna. Fitna is being lit within that group. So you post articles online, and you quote people who caused fitna and deviation in support of our tariqah. And in so doing, you're blocking people from entering into the path. That's qatar tariq. I ask you to please take those articles down. I don't myself search through them, and I don't know how to look through posts. These are brought to my attention. But I want you to work on nurullah. And if you wish to convey a sign, balligh anni ayah, if you wish to convey a sign of Allah on my behalf, on behalf of the Messenger, then convey the sign or the ayat al-nur. Allahu nuru samawati wal ardi mathalu nuri. And convey that with nurullah, upon insight, with basira. And let the Prophet speak on your behalf because you're not worthy of conveying and speaking your own words. This is better than calling attention to names that you yourself have named. Asma'un sammaytu muha antum. Names that you yourself have honored and have attached yourselves to and loved and names that you've declared to be holy. This is darkness and you're honoring darkness. Try to forget your previous sheikh. And when you forget him, remember your Lord. There are members of this tariqah who are unable to reap the fruits of this tariqah because they were in a previous tariqah or a previous group, a previous jama'ah. Their earth has been exploited. They're like an earth, their heart, their nafs is fallow or too many things have been planted in it one after the other. And so it's difficult to plant anything in their soil. This is why we say Ahlul Khususi Lusus. The elect among the spiritual seekers are thieves because they search for repentance. Their only desire is to turn to their Lord in repentance and they speak of God's blessings upon them. When a murid comes and says, I used to be a sheikh in a previous tariqah, I used to be a muqaddam, I had a functionary status and so on in other turuq. This is a disaster. 
but you come to the sheikh with this stilted formalism saying I'm nothing, I'm poor, we just want the intermediary, we want proximity to God, this is tamalluq, stilted formalism and fake humility that you display before the sheikh, but internally you're craving and coveting your previous status of having been called a muqaddam and a sheikh and so on. I ask you to just realize that you're nothing, that you're darkness, and wake up at night and face the Qibla, turn off your lights and show me the Nur. Then, when you see the Nur, show me whether you can keep it, whether it can stay with you all day or just for a few split seconds. That's an answer that I want to see and it doesn't require any stilted formalism or fake displays of adab with the sheikh. Our tariqah is one of direct visionary witnessing, mushahada. Does the witnessing remain with you throughout the prayer, throughout subh? Do you bring sciences from that hour of istighfar into the day? If you practiced what I'm telling you, you would forget your past and your future and you would be inundated with divine mercy. But instead you place walls around your heart. And there I have to say this is where we part ways. Because you're parting, you're placing walls between us. So I ask you to study and examine yourself once more. Look at Ibn Ajiba. He was unaffected by his great illustrious career. By his memorization of the ten readings of the Qur'an by the astronomy and the mathematics that he had mastered. He gave up all of that. He was thrown into prison because he wore the past cloak and still he did not take it off. Then he withdrew to a mountain and sufficed himself with the Qur'an, thereafter producing the vast ocean, Al-Bahr al-Madid, his great commentary on the Qur'an. He forgot himself, invoked God's name and remembered the Qur'an. As for you, my God, you think of yourself and you write a post la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-'ali al-'azim you have to empty yourself out ifraq in order to receive and to be instructed in order to have talaqi so empty out the ventricles of your heart so that god gives you light and so that you become light upon light that's better for you than the research you're doing and the posts you're putting up online and this love that you claim of your sheikh, if you're called out, you will abandon it. As for me, I speak of Nurullah and turn the same face to everyone I speak to. I speak to of Nurullah on earth and in heaven and wherever I turn. You claim to love this group, yet you hide yourself from associating yourself with it in public. So I ask you to have one face and to turn one face to the world as well. And there was a second question from Brazil. The content of the question, as paraphrased by the Sheikh, is that he experienced hardship, a contraction, a qabd, and it changed after he participated and organized this charity event in Brazil. And now many people are asking about the tariqa in contrast to the past where there was little interest. And CDC's letter Noon, and he had a deep pleasure in that.
vision. The Sheikh comments, he says, I remember, well, he remained with us for perhaps two months or so in the Zawiya and then returned back to his country. Fuqara who are abroad have to continue to maintain a connection with the Sheikh through the durus, by reading his books, by invoking Allah. With the dhikr, there is a replenishment and an assistance, madad, and a connection and a union that's attained. But if you return home to your country and immerse yourself in your country, then you go back to the rust that you had accumulated in your heart. So you have to organize your life around dhikrullah and remain within the circle that the shaykh circumscribes for you. If you remain within the circle of the shaykh's lifestyle, then there is no distance or proximity for you, regardless of how far you are physically from the shaykh. We have others living within the zawiya, and they think that they're close to the shaykh, but they are in a state of separation, because they see the shaykh as a mortal body alone. In contrast, those away from the zawiya often connect to the shaykh despite the separation. So you have those in the zawiya who are lowering themselves instead of elevating themselves, who are separating themselves instead of attaining union, and others who take from the shaykh despite their distance from the shaykh. Now, Sidi, the first thing that you did when you began to work on behalf of the tariqah in Brazil, it was voluntary. I just asked you to follow the weird and do your adhkar. And you imposed upon yourself a mandatory summer visit to the zawiya. I didn't ask you to invite others to the path or to do da'wah. But you started looking for da'wah to do. In that act of seeking to do da'wah voluntarily, without the shaykh having asked you, your nafs was involved. And no one gathered around you or showed any interest. But then I sent you a simple mubadara, a small charity, and it bore fruit. Because it's a command from the shaykh. And you draw fruit from and benefit from the work that the shaykh asks you to do. Versus the work that you voluntarily place upon yourself. There is a parallel here with an Egyptian brother. One of the fuqara asked me from Egypt, Sheikh, what should I do? Ayu khidma, what khidma can I offer you? What service can I offer you? When this brother says that, it's as if they're claiming to be a ready soldier, a soldier who's ready to do anything for the Sheikh. And there is a lack of etiquette, a bad adab, a discourtesy that's displayed with the Sheikh in that question. The best thing is to wait. And if I find that you are someone who's active, haraki, I will tell you what to do. If you ask, maybe I will ask you to do something that you can't do, that you're unable to bear. So when this Egyptian brother says, Ayu khidma, what khidma can I offer you, Sheikh? I say, make a dua for me. And then what does the Egyptian brother say? Who am I to do a dua for you? I'm not worthy of supplicating God for your sake. So, if you're not worthy of making a dua for me, then why are you worthy of asking me of what khidmah you should do for me? You're not worthy of the question, what should I do? Ayu khidmah. 
Because when you say, I'm not worthy of making a dua, you're saying you never even rejoice in your Lord. I'm asking you for a dua. When you have joy in your Lord, raise your hands and remember me in your prayers. You're telling me, you're divulging your darkness, you're telling me that you've never experienced joy. So when you say, what can I do? You're placing a hardship upon yourself. You're speaking of the illnesses in your heart. But if I give you commands or prohibitions, then that will change your night into day by virtue of the Prophet and the divine revelation. So Sidon Brazil, when asked to perform a charity, he does that when the Sheikh asks and it gives fruit. It changes your direction, your wijha. It draws people around you and it raises your status. Because it was a command from the Sheikh, it came from him, not from you. Think of the hadith where the Messenger says, protect yourself from the fire even by half a date. Before having said that, an entire garden of dates doesn't have that protective efficacy from the fire. After he says that, if you give half a date of charity, with his words in mind and with that intention, it's efficacious. Half a date protects you from the fire of the appetites of your lower self. And a ton of dates given in charity, without that intention, does not have the same efficacy or value on the path. So you do these, this humanitarian work voluntarily, but without drawing proximity, without tasting any of the fruits of that labor. But then when the Sheikh tells you to do it, you do it to please him, to please the Sheikh. And that intention flows onto your, in, from your heart onto the limbs. And you, you attain a high degree of and the fruits of those deeds. Previously, you went into churches and invited people to Islam. You did da'wah there. Did anyone embrace Islam? No one. Because there was no permission. There was no idhan. How many bellies did you fill? How many converts did you draw into Islam as a result? None. But when the intention in the heart was to work on a foundational principle of the tariqah under the Shaykh's command, and when you fulfilled that intention in order to please the Shaykh, it bore fruit. And now you see disclosures, tajallis, even though those tajallis had disappeared from you for quite a while. The noon is one of the oaths of the Qur'an. It's one of the qawasim al-Qur'an. And this is telling you that there's receptivity for the oaths, for the qawasim in your soul. And when all the letters enter into your heart, you too will learn Arabic like others easily and with joy and a longing and a yearning. So Sid has a disclosure, a tajalli. He has qubul, acceptance, because a call was made in heaven that God, Allah Ta'ala, is pleased with person X and because he is pleased with the Shaykh. And so an oath of the Qur'an descends into your heart. And through that, others are impacted. Now people come to you and ask you about the path. Why is that? Because of this command. So if the Shaykh says, do this, then do it. When he asks you to do something, perform it. When he doesn't, don't. Remain in your place and move within your space. Remain standing where God has placed you. Kun Allah. 
And when God places you or causes you to halt at or stand at a different place, then stand there. Because he's the one who's commanding you to stand in that station. When the Sheikh commands, obeying that command folds your journey. If you ask to perform a khidmah and then you don't perform it, then woe unto you. Because if you ask, you must do it. It's kasb. There's an acquisition there. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala Ali Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala Ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alameen inna ka hamidun majid.